Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. I'm Andy Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Dan Peisner, CMI. Hi, Dan. Hey there, Andy. All right, Dan, I want to jump right into this because we have some uh, really almost disturbing developments in the state of Colorado uh, where filing sales tax returns in Colorado for e-commerce businesses, really for all businesses, <clears throat> but uh, probably e-commerce businesses are the most impacted by this. So Dan, tell us what's going on in Colorado, and I'm sure I'm going to have lots of questions for you about it. Certainly, Andy. Uh, up until now, if you had Nexus with the state of Colorado, you would register for what's called a, a retailer's use tax permit, and you had to file one return that covered the, the state portion of the tax and the, uh, the regional transit districts. Uh, now, what the state has done is they have changed the model to a, from, from what was kind of an origin-based to a destination-based tax. Uh, in, in conjunction with the uh, passage of their, they've now implemented their own Wayfair rule, uh, effective December 1, uh, $100,000 200 or 200 transactions. If you meet either of those thresholds, you must register with the state for a sales tax permit. And they're, they're clear, even those that already have retailers use will have to register for the sales tax permit. The, where, where the difficulty comes in is that their Colorado system really is not designed for what they're trying to do. And to make it work, you have to register. If you don't have a physical, uh, if you don't have a physical store in these locations, you have to add it as what's called a non-physical location. And then. Okay. So this is a, this is a brand new terminology that we right. haven't heard before. So what they're saying is with, with Wayfair, Wayfair saying that you can have Nexus in a place just by virtue of, of having a customer there. Um, and the state of Colorado has said, you have Nexus in our state if you cross our thresholds. And, and Colorado is also saying, and by the way, we collect, we, we may not administer home rule cities city tax, but we administer a lot more than just our state tax. We administer a bunch of local jurisdictional type taxes, maybe not the home rule city taxes. And so with the passage of Wayfair, uh, with that decision being handed down, now you, you're going to be obligated to collect a bunch of local taxes that we administer, even if you don't have any kind of physical presence in those locations. That's correct. And the, uh, there's, there's kind of two sides to the coin here on this. There's the setting it up and then there's the reporting it. And uh, we've, we've, we've been getting a look at this and, I, and I've got to admit the setting up part's not as bad as I thought it was going to be originally. You, uh, on your sales tax permit, Online, there's an option to add a non-physical location. And when you do, there's a searchable list that drops down. You can pick the city. Uh, there's several different categories for each city. You, you add them, and, and then it's added to your list. So, Dan, uh, and there's all I was reading uh, the, some of this information put out by the state, and they're anticipating uh, some some problems. So 
so far it doesn't seem to be that complicated, but in big yellow highlight, they say do not wait until the last minute to add non-physical locations because processing of these new sites may take longer than usual during peak hours. So I can just imagine this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, that first, the December return is going to be due January 20th for a lot of people. I would not be trying to add these on January 19th. I would get them added early. And there is a select all function to select all of the the local jurisdictions. So they they really do make the setup. Again, it's it's still a pain, but I was expecting to be a lot worse. And so I think you've mentioned this, but let's just highlight that this new rule change is effective when? December 1st. December 1, 2018. That's when these new rules go into effect. Uh, Does it impact if you sell goods from a uh, brick and mortar location and people come in to your store and buy things? Are, do you have to ask their address or is it just based? No. How does it work for that? No. If, you're, if, you're st- sell, if all sales take place at your brick and mortar store, this change is not going to really affect you. Okay. Because all you have are physical locations. Uh, I am not sure yet. I, I do not know off the top of my head if, if you have a physical location and you do shipping, if you're going to have to address this or not. Uh, that is, that is, uh, it's not something that's come up for us yet, so that's not something I've looked into. All right, Dan. So let, let, I'll, I'm going to ask you a few questions. So we have clients selling into Colorado, customers in Colorado. Correct. What has been their set up to this point, and how will that change now? So to this point, those clients would have a retailer's use tax permit, and you file a you essentially file your your sales on a uh, each month on a on a return, and you just have to report. You would report your sales with into the state, and then you'd have to report your sales uh, for each of the transit districts that fall that whose district whose uh, territories you sold into, and that was it. Uh, what where that will change now, and this is a little hard to to picture, but um, you will have a, let's say that you sell into 10 cities on uh, the month of December. If you so sell you have, into 10, you have customers in 10 cities, you didn't actually go there. Right. You have customers in 10 cities. So you're, you're in your home state, you're shipping into 10 cities in Colorado. The first thing you have to do is go online and add those 10 non-physical locations as you described earlier. Then when it's time to file the sales tax return, you have to go and, and for each of those non-physical locations, separately report the total sales in each location. So that's, 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 that's painful, but I want to back up just a little bit because I, I would want to make sure, first of all, that if I'm going to, what, what I'm worried about as a seller is I don't want to have a situation where I was supposed to collect some tax I was required to, and, and we could talk about, hey, is this even constitutional? Should we fight this? Should we hire an attorney? It's a different question. I'm not, I'm not going to opine there, but let's just say that you're just saying, how do I comply with this? And I, not how I'm going to report it. That's my second question. But first of all, 
I want to make sure if I was supposed to collect tax on some sale I made to a customer in Colorado and the state is now saying I have to collect a bunch of local taxes that I wasn't collecting before, I see that we have to get registered. Uh, You know, we have to designate all these non-physical locations. But we also have to have our setup in our point of sale system that makes sure to even collect that tax, right? That's very true. Uh, I don't want to go for weeks or a month of not collecting sales tax in Colorado, some local jurisdiction, and then get audited later down the road and say, oh, you were supposed to be collecting this tax, so supposed to be collecting this tax. That, that would be my major concern. How I get it reported, that's, that's my second painful situation. That's very true. And as far as the collecting goes, to uh, that's one area we've, we've heard that a lot of the software providers are not there yet. They're not set up to even collect the tax. So uh, I'll be honest, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen in that area uh, other than uh, uh, some if you if you can manually, I, I've, I would say I foresee a lot of manual overrides in the near future as people try to force their systems just to collect some tax and then get it on the schedule and it, it won't be perfect, it won't be pretty, but if, if the programs you're using are, uh, if, if the, the software you're using cannot physically collect the tax the way Colorado wants to, collecting some tax and turning it in uh, is better than, than not collecting those locals at all. Agreed. All right. So Dan, you were saying about the, uh, the actual return process. Yeah. So for the actual return process, you've, you've collected in 10 cities and you have to file a report for each of those physical locations and report the volume of sales. And this is whether you have $10,000 worth of sales into that city or a single sale into that city. So now you've got your, your 10, you've, you've done your 10 this month. The next month you get, you have sales into seven of those cities plus four new jurisdictions. So first you got to add the four new jurisdictions. Then you've got to go and file reports for the, the original seven cities. For the three that you do not have sales into this month, you have to go tell the system there are no sales. It doesn't automatically assume it'll be an unfiled report. And then you've got to go file reports for four more. So that is now 14 total reports you're filing each month. And that just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up until eventually, conceivably, if you're selling all over the state, you could have over 600 reports you have to file each month. Are these 600 separate reports or are they all part of the Colorado return? They're all part of the Colorado return, but think of each one of them like a page. So you're, you're looking at some very, very large returns. And this is one area we hope eventually uh, there are some, some of the software solutions will help with this, but it's going to be very rough in the beginning. Yeah, I was just reading their, uh, the resource and they're saying that uh, if you have zero sales in a non-physical location, then there's only where you have actual sales in a given month for a non-physical location, do you have to file a return? But you're saying you have to go in there and, and indicate it for non-physical locations where you've registered quote unquote, 
you have to in the system indicate that I had no sales this month. That's our understanding as of right now. It's possible that that could have, that that can change. Uh, this is all, I mean, Colorado implemented this relatively recently. We were kind of hoping that they were going to back off some of this because this is not a very intuitive process and, and it's a very, very complicated to do. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to take people 45 minutes to an hour just to file the, the Colorado returns if their sales are big enough. So, uh, Dan, we've thrown around that in Colorado there are home rule uh, cities and uh, non-home rule cities, I guess. So explain a little bit more. What does, what does this mean for home rule cities? Home rule cities, uh, so like, let, let's take the example of Aurora. If you're selling into Aurora, you still have to add Aurora on the state return because you're, while the state doesn't collect the Aurora city tax, they're still going to collect some special taxes that, that Aurora results into. They're still going to collect it. If there's a transit district there, they're going to collect that. So you still have to send everything but the city tax into Aurora, into the, the state of Colorado. And then if you've got nexus with Aurora, and I haven't heard yet if the not, if the the home rules are going to follow, uh, if they're going to try to to impose Wayfair like uh, nexus rules, but for the time being, I would if I would only register with the home rule if you have a physical presence in there. Uh, they've they didn't. So even if you've got economic nexus with the state of Colorado, if you're not physically present in the state of Aurora then you, you don't necessarily have to register and have to collect that tax. So Aurora is a home rule, self-collecting municipality, except that they're for the city tax purposes. Right. But there are other local tax that the state administers. Correct. So uh, how many... Uh, I'm going to test you, Dan, because I have the. I'm looking at some information here. Uh, how, how many additional local jurisdictions are we talking about here beyond the state? You mean the the home rule jurisdictions? No, that that you would might potentially have to register non physical locations. I've heard. I heard the number six hundred forty eight. Six forty eight. Just think about that. That is so an e-commerce remote seller selling, I don't know, widgets could potentially have 648 sales in Colorado and they all go to 648 different places, right? Because you never know where a customer is going to, they just come online, they buy something from you and have it shipped there. So you could potentially be filing not only the state returning Colorado, you might not be filing any uh, home rule cities like Aurora, like you brought up. Um, but from what I see, there's 24 of those. <laughs> but you might be filing the state return along with 648 other pages that go along with that return. Correct. So th there is no process to, to get quote unquote registered with state collected jurisdictions, right? For a sales tax license, you don't need a, a license to collect this 
special jurisdiction tax, right? You just register with the actual Colorado Department of Revenue. Correct. But there's this process of creating, so it's not like you're registering. It's, it's not that. You're not getting a license because you registered with the state. But in the state system, you have to create non-physical locations. Yep, that's that's exactly it. it. It's the they they're trying to find a way to fit a round peg into a square hole, and this is what they've come up with. Unfortunately, the uh, I think this is a case where the desire for re- for the right revenue right now has overcome the you know, let's, let's sit down, let's, let's make some system changes, let's rebuild this to, some, to what it should be, what every other state out there does, and just add a, an apportionment schedule at the end of our return that can filled out and, and easily done as needed. Very interesting. So uh, I'll share something else here, Dan, uh, that you probably know about. You know, this December 1 deadline is obviously <laughs> practically on us, and the question is, what if, what if I need more time? How can I do this? And so here's an interesting thing that you probably knew. Uh, it says the Department of Revenue will offer a grace period through March 31st, 2019 to comply with these changes. Um, so that's somewhat helpful, right? Uh, because there's a lot of systems changes so it says businesses will be granted a waiver from compliance with the destination sourcing changes automatically until then. So it does give you some time to, to try to comply with it. But I, I see what you're saying. And I know that we've been watching this carefully thinking, hope, hope, hoping that uh, there's, there's no way that, that the Colorado Department of Revenue will will go through with this. And I think you were explaining to me that at the actual Colorado Department of Revenue, they're also frustrated with this. You know, this is not something that they want, but it's, it's basically uh, the state figures they need the money. Way, uh, Wayfair gave them, in their mind, the authority to collect the money uh, without regard to physical presence nexus. And they have all these local taxes they're supposed to be collecting if you have Nexus and Wayfair says you have Nexus. And so notwithstanding that their own systems are clunky, uh, they don't mind pushing the burden to the, to the remote seller to, to deal with these 648 other local taxes. Yeah, that's, that's more or less the, the situation here. It's, it's very unfortunate and it's, you can raise your, as as you said, you can raise, you can raise, uh, we can, you can feel however you want. It's unconstitutional. This is, this is exactly what we were afraid of with Wayfair. You know, I shouldn't have to do this. It's unfair. But at the end of the day, the, uh, this is what the state wants you to do. And, and unless you're willing to, unless you're willing to, uh, uh, bring an attorney to the fight, it's, it's, uh, you're, it, compliance is pretty much what you're gonna, where you're going to end up. All right, Dan. Well, thank you for uh, giving us some, some more insight into this this crazy situation in Colorado. And I'm afraid we weren't able to to give a uh, you know like, hey, don't worry about this. This is no big deal. No, this is a big deal. And unfortunately, 
uh, you've got to worry about it. You've got to figure out how to make sure that you collect the tax, number one, in my mind. Uh, and then second of all, how to get it sent in. So Dan, thank you very much. Um, that concludes this week's episode of the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. See you next week. My pleasure, Andy.